What's going on, my podcast listeners? This is your host, Rafal Matuszewski, and today is going to be a special episode because I haven't done an episode where I actually sit down, chat with you in the camera, and actually have my whole recording set up because usually I'm in my car just doing those quick 7-10 minute episodes. And the reason why I wanted to sit down today is because I was looking at my... <laughs> last year stats on my podcast of 2023 and the common thread that I realized is a lot of people are going back to my first and early episodes and number one those were terrible um, recorded six or seven years ago now and one I don't even have the knowledge what I do today and two the quality and the way I spoke and articulated any kind of thought was terrible. So I wanted to kind of revisit my story, um, what I do today, and how I can help yourself listening, watching, whatever it is, and what my ultimate goal is. Because I feel that if a lot of people are coming to my podcast that are new, there's a lot of information. There's a lot to dissect in the 625 episodes that I already have and the big thing that I want to kind of come across is even though now my podcast has kind of changed into more training mobility pain-free training things like that it has a direct relation to weight loss or any kind of fitness um, goal you may have because at the end of the day if I have a client in front of me or online, whatever it is, and I have them pain-free for an entire year, they now have more opportunities to move their body either in the gym, outside, whatever they decide to do on a more consistent basis compared to, say, the average person dealing with low back pain, knee pain throughout the year of them not addressing those issues first and hoping for the best that when they go into the gym they can get through their workout without any kind of hiccups but usually what happens is that the moment they start increasing their volume because you know it's january now and everyone's trying to get back into the gym and they try to get consistent but if their joints say their knee low back hip whatever it is doesn't have the capacity to take on the volume that they're about to do that they're not even used to then they're going to flare whatever old injury they had they all have to take a few days off from the gym they're going to have to rest and then when they do come back they're not going to go at a hundred percent like they were before instead they're going to go at 50% and then they'll try to slowly get back to where they were and then when they feel good at that point they're going to try to do even more volume what they were doing previously and then it's kind of this vicious cycle where they're getting consistent they drop getting consistent and they drop so in reality you almost have to look at the bigger picture and this is what I've been talking about on my podcast for years is always look at the bigger picture when it comes to fitness and health right if your goal is X, Y, and Z. Do you have all the right tools and foundation to make that happen? Most of the time, it's no. I think nowadays, because I look at my career in the last 13 years, which we'll kind of get over, get through, hopefully, in this episode, is when I first started, 
a lot of clients of mine, when I would tell them what to do in the gym, they would just do it. That's it, no questions. Flash forward 13 years later, you tell a client, hey, we're gonna do this exercise. That client's now more educated because of our technology in the world and how easy it is to go on Instagram and look at shit and think that's what you need to do. But now that client is asking, like, why are we doing this exercise? What is it working? And any other follow-up question. So the client now is more educated and they want to know the why behind everything. So now when I do a seminar, workshop, podcast, whatever it is, those same clients can kind of see where I'm coming from and they understand and appreciate that I'm trying to explain that in order to do whatever goal that they're hoping to do, they need to have a good base. Now, I'm going to get back to all of that because I've been mumbling and rumbling for five minutes already on this and kind of go through my story and how I got to where I am today. So my story starts all the way back in high school where I used to weigh over 200 pounds. I was overweight, miserable, depressed, and enter all of the hormonal changes that a teenager would go through. It's just a recipe for disaster when it comes to mental health. Um, from there, something clicked into my head where you know I need to take my health in order. And I did everything I could, read every single fitness magazine, went on Men's Health's website, read every single article on there. And I kind of went on the extreme side because I wanted this to happen as soon as possible. So this was during a summer break type of thing where I literally dedicated my entire life of working out twice a day and eating so clean and counting every calorie that you can imagine. In those two months of our summer break, I ended up losing over 60 pounds. I was a completely different person. And I would never, you know, recommend that people should go down that route because it's not sustainable and I paid the price when it came to emotional eating, binge eating, things like that. So pushing that aside, when I came back to school after the summer break, a lot of people didn't even recognize who I was. And when they realized that I put myself through this transformation, a lot of people started coming up to me and asking, what did you do? What did you do? And can you train me? And then that's when it really kind of dawned on me that this is what I'm supposed to do for my life's work. Like I'm destined to be a person to get people out of that painful hopelessness feeling that they have when it comes to their health, especially how their body moves and feels. And I think that's a an interesting concept because a lot of people don't actually know or even know the feeling of being fit or having the opportunity to feel what their body's actually, what its potential is. Like there's so many people in this world that probably will never ever experience what their bodies are actually capable of. You know, it's one thing to lose weight and keep it off for a few years, but have you ever experienced where you have to push your body to the limit and when you get to it, you're actually able to do it and a little more. 
and it almost surprises you that like holy crap i did that you know like examples are people doing i don't know a full marathon for the first time they've never done something like that in their entire life but then when they train for it and then when race day comes and they cross that finish line it's a surreal feeling where you're like holy crap i can't believe i did something like this i can't believe i spent six months of my life training for this one event and i was able to do it a lot of people don't have that privilege or experience to actually understand how their body can actually perform so once I understood that my calling in this life was to help other people struggling, right away I got certified, got my first personal training job at a big box gym, and then that kind of put me into a position where I ended up working for a uh, boutique private gym, and then from there opening up my own facility, and then from there working for a corporate entity that had a gym and clinic and in that setting I ended up uh, working alongside a fantastic chiropractor where we actually created our own chiropractic model where every patient that she saw I ended up seeing them for active rehab so I've always been a trainer where I understood that there was this weird gray area between chiros and physios on this end and um, trainers on this end and a lot of those little issues where it wasn't ever like someone to bridge the gap in between. Because traditionally, when you look at the personal training industry, the barrier to entry is very low. You can do the certification online and that allows you to influence the you know anatomy of another human being, which is kind of scary to me. And when you start looking at the stats of trainers actually making a living in this industry it's quite low you don't really hear about a personal trainer that finally retired like not a lot of people have done this and someone who i look up to that i've been following their work for a long time uh, michael boyle in uh, boston he's at a point where he's actually retiring and i just listened to his podcast a few days ago and he made that comment that you know they're trying to navigate his exit in his facility and it's kind of surreal because not a lot of people in my industry have actually retired because it's still really really new and that also goes back into this thing that i've been telling people a lot is that when you look at exercise science it's been around for 70 years that's that's a very short time frame for research in this field where if you compare it to any other science you know, biology, chemistry, physics. It's been around for a very long time and there are laws and rules that you have to follow in those sciences. But when it comes to exercise science, a lot of it is just theoretical, right? So when you meet a trainer and they say, oh, like, this is the best way, they don't really know what they're talking about. And I, I 100%, anytime I take someone through an assessment, I'm like, I don't know everything, but I have... 13 years of experience trying things that didn't work trying things that did work and educating myself as much as possible to figure out the best way to have someone move pain-free and then reach their goals um, but setting that on the back burner because we got to go through my whole story um, after that i ended up realizing that 
a lot of people are missing the foundational things which are our joint health right and working with chiros and physios the majority of my career I realized that there was that huge gap so I've always taken courses where I wanted to bridge that gap and now I've kind of become this rehab specialist mobility guy and a lot of people who come to see me are super broken they've gone through the whole physio route they've gone through the whole chiro route and they don't know what else to do because they always re-injure themselves so flash forward to today i'm kind of a hybrid of both online and in person where i help as many people as possible through those injuries that keep coming up and there's a mechanism to that once you understand that all traditional strength training is done in an external environment meaning the exercises that you do in the gym that are the traditional gym exercises it works the external stuff so your muscles right when i ask people when was the last time you trained your connective tissue they don't really know what that means so once you understand that your connective tissue surrounding your joints is an actual trainable tissue then that opens up the gates to a whole new world and this is where kin stretch and the internal strength model come into play so a lot of people who come to me come to me specifically for kin stretch in order to get through their injury to be able to do the stuff in the gym that they want or whatever else they desire to do now to understand this the only time you train your connective tissue is when you get injured an example I always give is like, say you tore your rotator cuff. You go to a physical therapist and one of the first exercises you do is some sort of isometric, right? There's not a lot of sheer forces going back and forth. You're just sending a signal to your um, nervous system that it needs to lay down better functioning tissue at the site of injury. So a lot of times, and I'll demonstrate, is someone uh, tore the rotator cuff, their arm is by their side, elbows at 90 degrees, and you resist and hold, resist and hold, resist and hold, resist and hold, until that becomes easy, and you can start going into more shoulder abduction and external rotation. And all you're really teaching your nervous system is to lay down better tissue there to get stronger. And that's an example of training the internal stuff so the external stuff can do its job right everything is dictated like everything that we do is based on how well our internal environment works right another example is like if i want to get better at running am i going to be doing a lot of leg extensions or would i want to focus on having a bigger capacity for my lungs right i would probably argue that having a better capacity in my lungs is going to do a lot more than trying to train my legs is training legs going to help obviously but at the end of the day if i just do a leg press every single day and not practice running or not practice my cardiovascular system i'm going to overload one system compared to the other right it's no different than if you go into that traditional training module that everyone does if i decide to only do bench press and overload that pattern other things are going to be left behind right it's no different so when it comes to the internal stuff if you had to audit the average person that goes to the gym they maybe have spent five percent of their life working on that stuff but only when they're injured 
right? The moment your shoulder is able to go into shoulder abduction, external rotation, pain-free, while doing some sort of isometric or banded work, you're kind of discharged as a patient and you're like, yeah, you're good to go. But if the shoulder ends up getting injured again, then what are we missing? We're probably missing on working more of the connective tissue stuff alongside the traditional strength model that we do in the gym that everyone does on a daily basis. And a lot of times too is that a lot of people that I see they come in with low back pain and they're like, oh, I don't know, like I've been doing my bird dogs, I like try to train my core, whatever that means. Um, and they are trying to figure out why it's hurting. And I always tell people like, once you kind of understand your anatomy, it's not rocket science. So nine out of 10 times when someone comes to me with low back pain, I'm like, okay, hey, great. You've been through X, Y, and Z, but let's see what your hips are doing. So I put them on the table and I check their hip internal and external rotation and not a big surprise, they have none. And to layer another piece to that is that when I ask them to do it actively, they don't have the control to even move their hip through external and internal rotation. So then I start relaying the information back to them. I'm like, okay, you're asking your hips to do hip things but your hips are functioning at like 30% right now. Would you agree with me that once you go into a gym setting and you decide to back squat, lunge, deadlift with hips that are functioning at 30%, you're probably only going to get 30% out of those exercises. And then people go, well, yeah. And then I go, well, now that you understand that, like you can feel that your hips are tight. You can feel that your hips are limited in those two uh, positions. So where is your body gonna ask for more mobility? It's most likely gonna be your lower back. And that's where people start realizing that, wow, everything influences everything. And that's what our bodies are. It's one unit working in this like harmonious orchestra of movement. Right? Just because your elbow hurts doesn't mean your wrist and shoulder are not involved. Right? Once you understand that everything kind of blends together and one thing influences another, then we can start playing kind of like body detective of what we need to focus on to make yourself move and feel better. Right? And every time I kind of talk about this, I have like so much to say. And then people start asking really specific questions about X, Y, and Z. But once you understand that in order to do the gym things that you really want, you need to have some sort of like prerequisite, some sort of base, some sort of funds in your piggy bank in order to do those movements, right? I have so many people have come to me over the years where they're like, every time I deadlift or every time I do a pull up, every time I do this exercise, the next day I'm paying for it. And then I assess them and I can literally point out, it's like your knees hurt because your hips don't move and your right ankle has no dorsiflexion. And that comes into a compensation pattern. And over time, when you're doing your walking lunges, you pay a price for it eventually. So the big thing that I always kind of help 
people understand is that once you put aside the whole like I need to deadlift, I need to back squat, I need to do this exercise and instead understand that I need to work on my joint capsule, its workspace and its load bearing capacity, then things start moving and grooving the way it should, right? I think the big barrier for a lot of general population people when it comes to consistent exercise is that the moment they have that little flare up, they tweak their back, the their something pops and it hurts and they take a little time off of the gym, it's that much harder to start up again, right? Think about everybody in this month when they're trying to start a new habit, to have their new year's resolution actually come through come through for once. The moment you disrupt any kind of progress, it's that much harder to get back into it, right? So I think for a lot of people is if I can eliminate any kind of barrier to their success, then it's that much easier. And I think I did a relatively good job in my career because I have a lot of people that have been with me for years. And that's kind of unheard of in the fitness industry. A lot of times clients come in, they're like, I have six months and I just want to lose 30 pounds and I want to X, Y, and Z. And you're like, yeah, if everything goes perfect, right? Because on the flip side, I can do all the joint stuff and kin stretch stuff endlessly with somebody. But if that individual is not sleeping right, not eating right, and is a high stress individual, we're probably not going to get that much tissue change. And what's interesting too that I've noticed in my career is there's this huge disconnect of when people need to get back into the gym after an injury because they're still in pain. And a lot of that pain is developed through their nervous system. And that's what I try to educate people a lot is like the moment you injure something, say it's your knee, your nervous system is now going to try to protect you. It's going to take all of its energy and power around that knee to shut it down to protect it. So that's great in like the first little bit of, you know, recovery. But at the end of the day, you need to be able to move it. And then you will feel like a neurological lock in that knee when you're trying to flex or extend or rotate or whatever it is. But a lot of times it's like all that tissue is probably um, recovered by now. And you just don't know what your limit is. And that's where I kind of describe it as like, you know, your knee used to be here, the tissue capacity was up here, now it's down here, and all we need to do is find that stimulus just enough to push it up. So in a nutshell, that's kind of where I'm at and where my story started and kind of finished. I now work with a lot of people who have been struggling with whatever injury they're dealing with, and they just want to stay active, but they don't know what they need to do. And a lot of times, kin stretch is the answer. And it's funny because now anytime I get a new person, I rarely get them to start in the gym because it's like a disservice. Like if I know that their hips suck in mobility, let's focus on that first before I decide to put a barbell on your back because you want a back squat, right? So I'm going to kind of leave it there because I chatted longer than I'm supposed to. But at the end of the day, if you make things work in your body the way they should, 
everything else just falls into play. If I can get someone's shoulders moving better, T-spine and hips, I can throw whatever exercise at them and their body goes, yeah, I'm ready for it. Um, so if you guys are interested in any kind of more information or you have questions, feel free to reach out, subscribe to my YouTube channel, um, add me on Facebook, add me on Instagram, LinkedIn, TikTok, all those social media platforms, threads. Um, that's it for me, you guys. This was good. I'm happy that I found time to sit down and chat with you guys about my career, what I do, and how I can help you. So if you have any other questions, let me know. Till next time.